Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We have been talking about program reviews, why they're important, how they keep us relevant and on the cutting edge. And uh, anyone uh, in the two-year space, especially uh, with program reviews, has dealt with advisory committees. And the whole idea is we bring together people from the industry within that program, and, and we talk about that program and, and what's good, what isn't good, what needs to change. Uh, but one of the things that we're going to talk about today is really how you get the most out of those advisory committees. And uh, the first thing that, that comes to my mind with this is there's a temptation to bring in a bunch of people that are going to sing your praises in the advisory committees. And yes, that's great to hear that sycophantic praise, but it may not be the best thing long term uh, to get the most out of your program. Yes. I, I like what you said, the sycophant uh, affirmation. Yeah. So by law, we are required, given that we receive funding from the um, Carl D. Perkins, uh, which is dedicated to K-14 career technical education. It's allocated to every state and then the state divides it up. So we're mandated to have uh, at least twice a year an advisory committee meeting. But again, it is at least. Depending on the state, some states mandate you have a student be part of that the student's voice to be part of that advisory committee. Others mandate that the advisory committee be run by somebody outside of the college, not the college people. So the, you know, the agenda and the minutes and whatnot are not driven by us. However, invariably, in every place I've dabbled with, and I'm talking about very, very many places, uh, it's like you said, staffed and stocked with our buddies who are going to, you know, give us a pat on the back as opposed to, you know, growing us. Very often we also bring in high school folks, which is absolutely essential. But it's like talking to ourselves. What are they adding? So, you know, we have, while it is under the Higher Education Act, mandatory, a mandatory thing. Again, are we doing it to check boxes or are we doing it as an introspective growing opportunity because those are the people who are going to offer your students the experiential learning opportunities of job shadowing, of internships, of potentially jobs that are going to bring you the know-how, not just the extra metal that they don't need that they drop off or the old bus that that, that transit company is getting rid of or any number of things. I mean, if they're getting rid of an old bus, what does that tell you, right? Is it new technology, right? Anyway, so all of those things, we need to take them from a literal exercise and check in boxes to a uh, deep evaluation of where we're heading. Well, and, and by no means am I advocating, you know, let's only bring in people that don't like what we do. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I do think you need to have good representation of the particular 
industry that you're talking about and and you do want to you know have the the things that that are working well uh at the same time i think you know as we're looking at this we do need to ask the tough questions uh you know because again you cited the the study that uh you know the business and industry community doesn't feel we're doing our due diligence to prepare students for the the working world uh, so we need to ask those questions. What do we need to be doing better? Um, you know, is it we aren't giving them the right employment skills? Are we not giving them the right soft skills? And we just talked about that, that, you know, everybody is hearing that over and over again, that the soft skills aren't there. So, you know, do we need to, as higher ed, really listen to that and make a more concerted effort to talk about those soft skills and to really focus in on the importance of punctuality, the importance of, you know, dressing properly for a job. These things seem like common sense things, uh, but the reality is they aren't. <laughs> yes. Well, we see, we see it in our places of employment. So, yeah, they aren't, and uh, that's very true. Now, if we were to, for a brief moment, think about, what those advisory committees, what their feedback can do for us. It doesn't just affect the subject matter. It goes into the general education parts of the institution, right? And if we keep on watering down the education in order to have completion, then we're doing what is the antithesis of empowering the students. We should, we should have the rigor and we should trust the students. And that's very important because if we know that the students are in need of strong communication and math readings, then why do we put them in pre-college level communication and math courses, right? Why don't we put them in quantitative reasoning classes? Why don't we put them in composition classes? And I understand it's not their cup of tea and that's not what they're there for. But that is integral to what the employers ask them to do, right? Because right. go and, ahead, you were going to say. Yeah, and, you know, like communication there uh, is a great example because you hear that from literally everybody. Yes. It isn't just one particular, you know, industry that's saying we need strong communicators, it's everybody. Uh, so to me, that says we need to be coming up with a more universal solution for that uh, and building that into our, our curriculum. And, you know, does, does that mean that you know, and I agree with you, I would rather see them in really rigorous classes. But, you know, is it worth looking at? Do we need to have a compromise where now we come up with a speech class that is geared more towards career and technical students? Uh, you know, instead of we're going to mix them in with with all the transfer students. Uh, I, I don't know what the right answer is to that. You know, certainly we've seen technical math uh, that that really gears toward that that technical side. Uh, we we have seen some English classes that are really geared more toward uh, business writing and that kind of thing instead of breaking down Shakespeare. Uh, so, 
is there a possibility of compromise? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't think we should take those and water them down so much that, you know, again, well, you know, we can point to, well, now we offer technical communication. And, you know, this is is speech for welders. Um, and, and we've made it really easy for them to get through that. Like, uh, I'm not on board with that, but if we found that a, a way to take that speaking curriculum and gear it more towards people that are interested in working with their hands and not interested in speaking in front of a bunch of people, then yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we, we do a really good job with inspiring people typically right to that meritocratic approach to philosoph uh, philosophical approach to life and and whatnot but what where i think we fail especially in in meeting the employer needs the, the employer doesn't necessarily care about the piece of paper right they care about the competency the individual comes with or the competencies that the individual come with. So part of, uh, in my mind, part of a successful advisory committee and therefore a successful program review that keeps us on the cutting edge and relevant is really a deep understanding of that industry of what we're teaching. So why don't they help us in the design of the learning outcomes? Why don't they help us in the development of the assessment tools? Why don't they, they, they don't need to know the uh, LMS tool that we, that we use. But if we're gonna keep on saying, well, those are you know, subject matter experts, they don't need to know anything about curriculum and they don't need to know about technology and therefore our students don't need to use the uh, learning management system and whatnot, I mean, when are we, I see your face and, and I agree with it. I mean, when are we going to believe in our students? When are we going to believe in our, in our teachers? At the end of the day, those are the individuals who are going to build the bridges we're going to drive on and change the brakes that in our cars to keep us safe and, and pick us up when, uh, when we're, uh, when we have an accident and, and, you know, like put down a fire in our house and so on and so forth. Do we want them to be the subpar individuals or do we want them to be the best workforce we can have for our own safety and our own health and our own growth and our own benefit? And I absolutely want them to be uh, the best workforce all around. So we've been talking about uh, how we do that through program review to keep us relevant on the cutting edge. We've been talking about advisory councils today. If you enjoy programs like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll be notified when we post new content. And please like this video, maybe even share it on your own social media. Uh, that helps us get the word out to other like-minded individuals as well. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms too. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.